Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to Zone Time, everybody. I'm Julian. Avery is here with his all red getup. Fresh. Everything is red with this man. The Fresh. fedora is black and red. Uh, the Michael Jackson jacket has returned. I believe the earphones are pink too. <laughs> Shout out to you, Avery. You know you know how to make it. You know how to make an appearance. Mm. Uh, Tic Tac Tomars here, and Arun Srinivasan, uh, who literally has been lighting up the group chat in advance of him being on the show, is with mm-hmm. us, man. Good to see you, man. How are you doing? I'm doing great, man. I mean, I love self-hype, so I'm glad to hype myself up. <laughs> I have lots of takes. False humility is overrated. Thank you for having me on the show. <laughs> All right, man. We got a lot we got to get to. Uh, Omar, a couple of days ago, said he wants five minutes to talk about the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, I'm not going to read the full. That was a I'm, not gonna, I'm, not gonna, I'm not going to read out this. I'm not going to because it's half verbatim because there's another yeah. part of that, too, that I, I purposefully left out. But we should talk about another team in Ontario that is not doing well. They are going through a tough, tough time. The Ottawa Senators. Uh, you have an idea about what's going on over there. Uh, Shane Pinto suspended for a gambling infraction. Uh, it turns out they were in the wrong on the Evgeny Dadanov trade, so they lose a first-round pick, and Pierre Dorian loses his job. Fans are booing DJ Smith and they want him fired, and Brady Kachuk is not having any of it because you can't turn your back on the team. There's a lot going wrong with the mm-hmm. Ottawa Senators, man. How do y'all feel about this uh, This team going through what it's going through? Can they get out of it? Arun, since you're, since you're the guest here, we don't get to hear your opinions all the time. I'll let you start, and then we'll let everyone else get a touch on this one. I mean, I do think they can get out of it, um, but I do think the Senators fans are well within the right to call for a DJ Smith firing. I mean, this is no longer the team he sort of inherited, right? They, Their core has grown together where they're entering their prime. They've added sort of the veteran pieces around them with Tarasenko and Drew the year before, where there's enough to sort of say that this is no longer sort of the young team, right? I mean, I know people used to make sort of comparisons to the Leafs, and this is sort of like the third year or fourth year of their core guys coming into their own, right? So they're no longer going to be considered babies. I mean, DJ Smith hasn't won at this level. And I think DJ Smith is rightfully earned a reputation of being good at developing young players. But I think this team has outgrown him simply. I mean, they're past the stage where they're young guys in the league, where they need a guy with sort of the Memorial Cup pedigree that DJ Smith had. Um, But yeah, I mean, as for Brady Kachuk, I mean, I don't think it's all too controversial that you have a captain sticking up for his coach. Like, I feel it's like, what else is he going to say? And frankly, it makes for good copy. But 
yeah, like the Senators, they can get out of it. Like they're just playing below the sum of their talent, and fans have a right to be pissed. Like they have been told for the better part of three years the team's ready to compete for playoff spot. For two years, they're probably being lied to. This year, it seemed like they had the talent level, they had the internal growth. Um, you know, new ownership seems to be willing to spend uh, on the team, which is new in Ottawa. So I understand why Sens fans are pissed. I mean, I think they can get out of it, but if DJ Smith doesn't have a better week, he may be the first coach on the chopping block this year. Yeah, that's how I see it for DJ, man. He needs to, those Sens need wins bad. And yeah. and I think for Brady Kachuk, while I can understand that it's frustrating to hear your fans boo you, what else are they going to do after having such a terrible week, a week in a few days? As far as I'm concerned, it's much better than the alternative where fans don't show up and they're completely apathetic about this team. I think if you're an Ottawa Senators fan, especially today, nothing nothing to smile about in my life yeah, with this team. It's interesting. It's, a, it's interesting in a room like, like the Leafs tie-in seems like seamless and obvious, but like it actually – like seeing this, what happened, especially like with the team being booed, they're saying fire DJ Smith. I just got a random flashback memory to the 2014-15 Leafs um, before they decided to give up on the season. And after their 9-2 loss to Nashville, um, which I was there at, at unfortunately, um, you know, they, they had a, they had a comeback win against Tampa the next game. And I think it was like five, one. And then you, the, the, the team usually did the whole, does like a whole, like six celebrate, you know, say like, yes, yeah, we won, but they didn't do it. And it, oh, it yeah, and, and right. And, and that was a huge, that was a big deal. And when I was hearing Brady Kachuk's, um, Brady Kachuk's you know, response, I was like, huh, I wonder if they're kind of like in that era because like it's from the sense of like, the fans thought that they would be better. Heck, you know, the beginning, you know, before this season, we were all talking about how, you know, the auto centers and the Buffalo Sabres were two teams who could probably end up, you know, being in that wild card competition. And now we have a point where things aren't working out well. There's a whole bunch of offseason drama. The the DJ Smith situation, which is going on, I, I have a source that actually says that it might actually be pretty bad. And time one out, name... time out, time out. Stop, yeah. stop, 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 stop. Yeah. Yeah. Did you just say you have a source? <laughs> I do. Insider Omar. I do. Whoa. Insider Omar. What? And (laughs) a name, I guess, to look out for there is uh, Claude Julian, who apparently has been with around the team a lot. So, where are you dropping this sword? What is this? (laughs) We we were not prepared for this. We were not prepared. You know, know, anyway. What? So, again, so I, I think it all kind of encompasses the fact that, like, if things don't go don't turn around for Ottawa. Like, yeah, DJ Smith could be the first, could be the first coach fired. Wow. Avery, what can you please uh, <laughs> say what nickname you just provided for, for Omar <laughs> that you no, just wrote in the chat? Omar, no. <laughs> nickname Aki Dreger. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that's it, right? Yeah, he, he definitely, he definitely up on that Aki is selfish. I'll say this. Um, First off, Claude Julien, wow, flashback, right? Considering the fact that he's coached at where he's coached and has achieved the success that he's coached wherever he's coached. But also that uh, coaching uh, recycle meme, you could put that up wherever. That's if it gets to that point. But the Ottawa Senators, I think if it does not turn around anytime soon, we're going to be in for, uh, yes, some changes are going to be necessary. Mm -hmm. Uh, Avery, do you want to talk about this? Tap in. 
I think it's interesting that Omar is here breaking news, possibly like, you know, yo, if this gets confirmed and if we see Claude Julien behind the center's bench in a week, I want every source to yep. credit in the paper, on networks. They heard that first from Tic Tac Tomar of Zone Time on Yahoo Sports Canada. <laughs> I want that credit with Omar first. And then no, if I it doesn't happen, to be like, this doesn't know anything. This is why. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll find a way to bury that segment uh, if it gets to a point where Claude <laughs> Julia doesn't succeed DJ Smith as head coach of the <laughs> Ottawa Senators. Um, is there, I'm trying to think if there was anything else mm-hmm. with regards to the Senators to bring up, or do we want to just get straight to Omar's five minutes on the Leafs? Because that's another team uh, that is not off to a really good start. Uh, during this NHL season. I mean, guys aren't even sticking up for each other after Timothy Lilligren goes through it, right? Like, that's that's tough, man. Jeez. They have Ryan Reeves. A lot of people are putting up the stat about how many goals he allows on the fourth line. Max Doby, Tyler Bertuzzi. These guys are supposed to be tougher. What happened? What's going on? What what happened is, okay, th- th- this is what happened. You know, you know when you sign up for like a phone bill, right? And they tell you the phone bill is going to be like X amount of dollars and be like $50 a month, right? And then you get the first bill and it's 110 for some reason and you don't know why. And you look at the details and there are all these things that they didn't tell you. This, this, the, the old, ever since Brad True Living entered the Toronto Maple Leafs mecca, if you will, we, we were told that he wanted to add what? Snot, piss vinegar all this freaking stupid physical cliche nonsense right okay. that that not just him all the players are saying it too mitch martyr hey what 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 does what does tyler bertuzzi and, and domi add oh you know they add you know you know that that's not that grind oh morgan Riley, what did they add oh you know they added all that's not grind. they would ask them tyler bertuzzi what do you what do you hope to add Oh, you know, make it difficult to play against and add, add some toughness. Ryan Reeves, well, what, what, what do you think you add? Oh, you know, some toughness and accountability. Max Domi, what do you add? Like, like, they all said the same thing. And I haven't seen that once. First two games, Ryan Reeves fought. Cool. Since then, nothing. Domi, nothing. He he grabbed someone one, one game. Nothing. Tyler Bertuzzi, nothing. So I'm watching this team. I'm watching Timothy Lilligren. I don't I don't care if it was a penalty, dirty, whatever. I we see it happen. He's on the ice. No one does a single thing. So I'm watching this and I'm like, cool. So what's the difference? It's, it's the same team we've been watching for years. I all the flashbacks. I'm remembering Sam Bennett give freaking uh, Matthew Nyes a rock bottom in the playoffs, and no one did anything about it. I'm remembering Jamie Ben cross-check Matthews in the ribs, and no one does anything. So so what is the difference? You got these players to do what? We knew they were bad. We talked about Ryan Reeves at the, at the beginning of the show. We talked about, and I said, I do not care about what he does on the ice as far as like offensive goals and defense. Why? Because he was brought in for a purpose. If Domi had three fights and no points, I wouldn't be saying a single thing. Because I knew what he was brought for. Yeah, sure, it would be nice to have some offense. It would be cool, but nothing. John John Klingberg? I bring back Justin Hall. I'm not even kidding. Bring back John Klingberg is shockingly awful. And we've gotten to the point now where every single thing that Brad Tree Living has touched on this release roster sucks. And I have not been proven otherwise. The David Kemp extension sucks. 
because he makes 2.4 and he can't play higher than the fourth line. That is my problem with this Leafs team. And maybe he has to do something else, but the team is soft. They don't play well enough. And again, the fact that they had to have a meeting to discuss it, they have to stick up for each other. They had to have a meeting to discuss that no one takes them seriously. They have to have a meeting for that. We knew that. Everyone knows that. Everyone knows it's an easy game when you play the Leafs. It's easy. And they haven't changed that. And we were told that, that this new GM would. And he didn't. And he hasn't. It's game 11. Sure, there's still time. But I get the fa- what I saw and what I have been seeing has been shocking. Yo, Omar, okay. I, mean, like, I, I, I mean, look, I mean, no real disagreement there. I think it's it's tough. I think what really I found particularly irksome too was like Tyler Bertuzzi on Saturday morning, like walked out after 80 seconds. Like you should have known that you would have been a person of interest if you're not providing the scoring or toughness that we brought in. If you're doing one of the two things, fine. Like if you were delivering hits, fine. But you get first dibs with the Matthews Marner pairing, a, you know, two of the I don't know, 12 best forwards in the league. Then they're like, okay, we'll try it with a red hot John Tavares and William Nylander. He does nothing there. Um, so I feel like Bertuzzi has been probably the most frustrating of the signings. John Klingberg, we thought he would be the worst defenseman in the NHL. And, but, and, but saying it out loud is one thing. Witnessing in person is quite another. You know, there was a few of us media guys talking uh, on Saturday night. And it's like, well, John Klingberg, you're getting the heightened version of Justin Hall experiment where the offense theoretically should be better and it hasn't been. And the defense is so much worse. Yes. That, that if like, he was, what, it, like if he was putting up points, if he was putting up points, I don't know, okay, fine. Yeah. Fine. And like, and even in like that first game against Montreal where you had two like secondary assists, yeah, his expected goals mm-hmm. were 30%, doesn't matter. But yeah. it seems like since the first game that like Reeves has done nothing, um, and he even seems to be surprised that people are coming to him um, you know, to talk to him, really. It's like, well, you have a established role on this team as a fourth-line player. None of the signings have really worked. I mean, Noah Gregor is a PTO option that's worked out. Maybe he gets an exemption. But, like, what are we talking about here? And mm-hmm. I think what really is frustrating is beyond the toughness aspect, which I think may have been overstated slightly a little bit, it's like you've made this team less skilled, and it's a skill-oriented team. So at what cost? Not only that, I think there's been, you know, obviously everyone by now knows how the Maple Leafs are constructed around uh, their core four forwards and Morgan Riley and TJ Brody. The Leafs have 28 of their 35 goals are from Austin Matthews, John Tavares, William Nylander, Mitch Marner, and Morgan Riley. 28 core of four is working. And that's still losing. That's 80 percent of their goals are coming from core four and Riley. Austin Mark, Matthews has then, three then, hat tricks. Yes, Austin Matthews three hat tricks. Then Matthew Nyes has a two minute stretch of brilliance with Max Domi. That's two goals right there. So really, what are we talking about here? Thirty of the thirty five goals have been so concentrated in this window that they are getting nothing from their bottom six. They are getting nothing really from their defense outside of Riley and Brody. Sometimes Mark Giordano, who's once again playing the safety valve role uh, when paired with John Klimberg, who is just goes freelancing at the expense of the whole structure. So it, it's all bad. Like, I know uh, Joe Wall also gets a pass to me. He's been excellent in that. Sure. Mm-hmm. But the disparity between the team's top players and the other guys, the Leafs internally said they didn't want their team to be thought of as the core four and the other guys. They said that at the end of last year and it came out. Okay, fine. I guess you take it at face value. There are other players on this team. There should be a more cohesive unit. 
it is not happening. And the disparity between the top guys and the other guys has never been wider in this era. And that is frightening, I think. Are y'all good? Felt like y'all. I think we're good. I feel it feels nice to talk to Omar about chest. this. I'm not I don't know if we're like, good, but I like I I was so like, man. I was I I I I knew I was on the losing side of the I love the Ryan Reeves deal. I I knew it. I was okay. I I remember the clips and the and the funny things. He got introduced, flexed. That was funny. Like, where is that? I like I I just want I I just want I want what we were promised. I asked for my Big Mac combo. I want my Big Mac combo. I'm only getting McDoubles and Junior Chickens and stuff. I want my Big Mac. You know, I I did not expect to see Omar. I didn't expect to see Omar use a McDonald's metaphor to describe the Maple Leafs, but we can all agree he's not loving it. Oh, that's (laughs) wow! Wow! How long did you have that one in the tank? (laughs) Off the dome, off the dome, right there. Off the dome, right there. All right. Oh my God! The only thing I was thinking of during that entire rant was that. You know, Arun's around the team. He covers the team for Yahoo. Omar, you know what Omar is. And I I thought of Avery because right now we both live in a province where there are people having similar conversations in both of our respective cities. It mm-hmm. is not going well if you are in Ontario or Alberta right now for your hockey team. It's kind of funny how it is. Yeah, just me, just making that I mean, observation. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you guys obviously have a better perspective on what's going out west, but isn't that sort of true of the Oilers too, where it's just like McDavid and Drysdale getting done, and the other guys aren't, or the problem? Yo, is yo. Plus, like, I'm not even convinced McDavid's at 100. percent He tried to play through that Heritage Classic, not, and like, I mean, remember he was battling an injury, right? Like, he was supposed to be out like yeah. up to two weeks, and he and he mm-hmm. got back. I mean, maybe it could have been just one week, but I don't know. With the Oilers, too, I mean, the defense was not always going to be their their strongest point, but it has not looked good. And let me tell you this. I know we're going to get to the San Jose Sharks at some point. Y'all think y'all have it bad in Toronto right now. <laughs> Imagine if Edmonton loses to San Jose this week. Oh, yikes. If yeah. they lose they to playing? San Jose this They're playing them this week. If Edmonton loses to San Jose this week. Avery, actually, I, hold on. Avery, finish that sentence. Let me Edmonton lose. Yes, please finish that sentence. Finish that sentence. Finish the sentence. Jay Woodcroft. I'm not going to be convinced if they lose San Jose. He's a coach anymore because I've heard he's on the hot seat. I have heard and making confirmed as well, too, that his leash is very short right now. The organization dropping all the intel today. This became mm. a, a an insider podcast. insider insider time. Is, it, is this thirty two <laughs> thoughts or is this a lot of us the media? We have heard, we've all heard in the city that yeah, Jay Warcross leash right now is very short. This team has to get results in this coming week against Vancouver and against the Kraken and against San Jose. If they don't then there is a very good chance they do make a coaching change, which I don't get because Jay Woodcroft, his career record as head coach of the Oilers, is over 600. I can't blame coaching for this slow start right now in Edmonton. I really can't right now. Blame goaltending. Goaltending mm-hmm. collectively is below 900. It's and, basically and, that. And, and, and who signed one of them? 
Kendrick. Kendrick Holland. Kendrick. Kendrick, Kendrick, Kendrick Lamar Holland. Holland. Man, <laughs> man. Look, Jack, what's what's disappointing too is that Jack Campbell had a good preseason. He looked good. It, it we all thought it was gonna he was gonna turn it around. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. But uh, preseason means nothing. You could ask the 2008 Detroit Lions about that. Preseason means <laughs> nothing. Wow. They went undefeated <laughs> in preseason. <laughs> they went undefeated in preseason and then went 0-16. It means mm. absolutely nothing. Mm. Um, uh, is there anything else about uh, any other team that's sucking that we want to get out? I mean, maybe the Flames are going to start rebuilding. Who knows? Uh, depending on how things go. That's not really intel. That's just... Duh, look at the team. That would be cool. Um, And then, hey, Julian, would you like a slightly used John Klingberg for Nikita Zorov? What? Are you out of your mind? I am. (laughs) You better better (laughs) give the Flames Fraser mitten. Oh, that's how much it would cost, like hypothetically? I have no idea. I have no idea. If you're Craig Conroy, you're getting picks, you're getting prospects. You, John Klingberg, that is not who they want in this scenario. They're not a team Mm -hmm. that's like trying to get to the cap floor. They need yeah. to get younger. You bet. I, I, like, if you want Nikita Zadorov, you want Chris Tanev, give up the give up them picks. I will I will say just just to clear my conscience, because like I, I hate like ripping players. It's the worst part of the job, as we all yeah. know, to get a covered cover team. But like and it seems like Jonas Siegel wrote a piece on the 26th that was really good, I thought, that sort of humanizes and John Klingberg seems to be aware of the perception and like what he's got himself into. So I think that. Like at least has earned my respect in that way, but like, dude, at some point you just gotta play better. Like, mm-hmm. can't do our jobs. Like, you seem like a very pleasant fellow, but we can't do our jobs without pointing out that he is hemorrhaging goals out there. Yeah, I mean, there's a I, we we could probably point that out to almost any player in any of our respective markets. Jonathan Huberto probably fits that description. I wonder who in Edmonton it would be. Like, it, it, like who's a nice Avery? Who's a nice guy who is not playing well? That like you know you have to. You know you got a rip off, but it's like, man, he's a nice guy. Well, I guess it's Jack Campbell. Uh, that's that's probably been it. Yeah, that's probably yeah. been the guy. It's been Jack Campbell. Someone who, again, Jack Campbell, super nice guy, very polite, but you can't ignore the fact that his goaltending numbers have just been awful yet again. Okay, uh, let's run through some other uh, news and notes that have taken place over the last little while. Uh, we did kind of touch off on the San Jose Sharks and the fact that if the Edmonton Oilers lose to them it's going to be hell to pay but did any of us expect uh, the san jose sharks to be this bad 
because they are bad. I think the, it's it's the depths of how bad they are, right? Like I think they were close to the near consensus, like preseason, uh, like last overall team. So I think there was an expectation to be bad, but it has been shocking how historically bad they've been. I mean, uh, I don't know if you guys have digged into the stats of like where they rank, but just as a baseline, like if you are arguably the worst team in the salary cap era right out the gate, like it is the first week of November and they don't have a win. Um, I don't think they have, I think Austin Matthews has more goals than the San Jose Sharks, at least as of Saturday, like mm. everything with the Leafs, but like, just as a contextual stat, like it just like, what is happening? Like, and I think is, it's not really like the worst thing for San Jose to be awful, especially given that Bay area. zone Macklin Celebrini, who is the son of the Golden State Warriors director of sport performance, Rick Celebrini, the guy who basically rehabbed Clay Thompson's uh, 20 CL it's his son it would be a nice like story but it's also like the equivalent of like DeAndre Aiden getting taken by the Suns like who really cares um you know the prospects aren't really that exciting enough to be worthy for a tank like is mm-hmm. I know Macklin Celebrini and Cole Eiserman are been fun stories but I mean last year I think the entire panel every time we do his own time show we were like sort of frothing waiting for that draft so the reward isn't really good enough for San Jose to be this bad like they can still be the worst team in the NHL without like outright embarrassing themselves and that's what they've been so far yeah, yeah. and like the thing is like, the, the numbers aspect of it is is crazy too because like they're they look like they might be end up worse than like this like i guess the 16 17 avalanche team that finished with 48 points like even that team they had like i think three wins in their first like 11 at least two even last year's team anaheim like we talked about how bad anaheim was last year but even they had like a couple of wins they have nothing. They only have one point. Like it's it's crazy how bad they are. And like, yeah, sure, like you know, they don't have Logan Couture right now. I think like you know, Barabanov is, is is injured as well. But like, holy, are they bad? Like back to back games with ten goals against. Man, yeah. And <laughs> and Omar, only four teams in league history have allowed ten goals in back to back games. Because he's been around over 100 years, and they are the fourth team. They joined 1920 Quebec Bulldogs, <laughs> the, four, the 44 Bruins, and the 65 Bruins as to having that happen to them. This is the stat we were looking for. Yes, like the historical context. Thank you, Avery. Like it's it's right. Do any of us have visceral memories of those teams being born no. after? <laughs> well, no, clearly <laughs> not. We have a new sort of standard bear for historical awfulness at this point. Man. So like uh, that, so that yeah. first that first year Washington Capitals team that only won eight games, they never they never lost back. They back. never did that as crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> That's why imagine I mean, being on that team and then look at the sharks now be like, damn, at least yeah. we didn't do that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, like damn, wow. I saw I, I saw earlier today um uh in San Jose, well. It was on Monday. It will be Tuesday when you get this. Mm-hmm. Uh, instead of David Quinn talking uh, to the media after practice, Mike Greer, the GM, uh, spoke to the media. Uh, yeah. And one quote going around, I'm reading this from Sheng Peng, uh, who covers the Sharks for San Jose Hockey Now. The fans deserve better. The organization deserves better. Uh, Hasso, uh, I forget his first name, but the owner of the team deserves better. It's not anything I take lightly. He also apparently had a team meeting with players today. First time this season they've had a meeting. All I have to say is this: How much better was it supposed to be with this with this roster? You knew it was going to be bad. So, like, yeah. when people are like, "Bad," David Quinn should be fired for this. For no, what? Like, this team what? was going to be bad. This yeah. is like, just not his fault. 
Mm-mm. Yeah, like like I can I can I understand and appreciate the quotes from like a fan perspective because those games happen at home. So like imagine yeah, paying for that. Time. But like yeah, as far as like the perception, like again, who who here had San Jose out of the bottom five? I had them did last. So yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. So I like, think everyone did. Yeah. So like we didn't think it'd be this bad, but like they're exactly where we expected them to be. And again, I think to Rune's part a point earlier, it's just it's it is unfortunate that it's not like last year where like we knew who the number one person is. There was a whole bunch of hype around it. But this year, like I don't know. I, I haven't been hearing like a lot of like crazy things. I haven't been reading like a lot of like this is gonna be like a, a significant game-changing draft, which which sucks. Um, but you know, they have two first, they probably try to get more, and then maybe they can maybe see how like what they can salvage from this, but yeah, it's not look. It's gonna look like it's gonna be a long season for San Jose. That's for sure. It's it is looking like it. Um, let's we can we only have so much time. Let's move on to a few other topics before we wrap up today. Um, it's kind of funny that the Vancouver Canucks are the best team in Canada, and Sam Chang is not on this episode. Uh, she'll be back. <laughs> um, but uh, are the Vancouver Canucks the best team in Canada? At the moment, they certainly are. I mean, that I guess subject to change. But it does seem like, I mean, look, their star players are playing star players, and maybe they're getting more depth. Uh, Andre Kuzmenko, I apologize for calling you an expected goals merchant. What? Don't just let this stuff fly. He was off the starts last year, and I just thought that's all he did was just stay to deflect pucks, but he can do clearly more than that. I'm sorry, I wasn't familiar with your game. Um, but no, <laughs> I just... Like right now, like like I mean, Greg Wasinski just did like a, I guess his first like awards piece, and it's like, you know, Thatcher Demko is probably the Vesna winner right now. Like he has the most goal saves above the expected. Quinn Hughes, I know there he's been the subject of, like how how dare you guys sleep on Quinn Hughes? But he's been the best defenseman in the league. He operates the Canucks power play like a Russian ballet. Like he's he's having a good time out here. Elise Patterson's played like an elite player and. and with uh with Jack Hughes now injured too, like he might be the heart favorite. So they're getting like elite, like top line contributions. Uh I haven't really looked into the Canucks depth, but even just even not to make everything on the Leafs, like Leafs cast off Sam Lafferty. Sam Lafferty. So like it just seems like they're just getting good, good overall, like contributions all around. I would probably think that the Canucks team speed's pretty good. Like all these guys we mentioned are super fast guys, so I'm sure they're playing with a ton of pace. You're they're getting elite goaltending, and goaltending being sort of the toughest element to evaluate by far. Like if you're getting Vezina level goaltending, you're getting Norse level defending from Quinn Hughes, you're getting Hart Trophy level overall play from Elias Pettersson, and your depth guys are scoring. Like those are the hallmarks of a really good team. So let's hope this lasts past November because they might be the pleasant surprise of the year. But clearly they're the best Canadian team right now. Yeah, I I think you've put it pretty perfectly there. It's just, again, a shame that we don't have Sam on this particular episode to while out on the Vancouver Canucks. But hey, if they keep this up, Mm -hmm. I'm sure the next time she'll be on, uh, she'll have nothing but great things to say. (laughs) Could you imagine if the Vancouver Canucks go on a slide the next time she ends up on an episode? (laughs) And it's just, Sam, I I could just, I could, I could just imagine just Sam would just like to stop and stare and be like, do you understand why (laughs) I'm apprehensive? Yeah, <laughs> would just be like, yeah, you get it. I understand that. Continuing <laughs> to go around the league here, uh, something also, something also was pretty interesting. Uh, Johnny Gaudreau out in Columbus having a really interesting uh season, and not in a good way. Uh, over the weekend, 
uh, was benched for the final 16 plus minutes of a 2-1 loss against the Washington Capitals. Uh, Pascal Vincent, the head coach of the Blue Jackets, uh, saying this at the end of the game. Uh, I'm coaching a team. The guys are going to play are going to play. Everything is earned when the game starts. It's not about your name. It's about what's on the front of your jersey and who we believe are going to give us a chance to win. That is such a cliche. It hurts. Yep. I just want that said. What do you guys think of Johnny Gaudreau uh, not playing well in Columbus? Yeah, I mean, I I just I don't think he is delivering on what was quote unquote promised. Um, I think. I think when he signed that deal, he probably knew that, you know, Columbus is probably going to have maybe like two or three years of kind of being like a middle league team, kind of a bad team. And then you'll be there for when it, for when they, when they turn it over. But even still, when they're bad, you'd still kind of be like, you know, you know, a leader, whether it's on on the ice and off the ice. And Gaudreau is just not doing that. And even watching him play, especially this season, I just, haven't noticed that same kind of flair, that same flash that he had in Calgary. And I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe it's just a, a mixed bag of like of like all the awkward stuff that, that's happened so far this year. But I mean, hey, I'll give I'll give Columbus one thing. I mean, you hold the stars accountable, then it's a good trickle down effect. And you know, they still have some young players probably probably, you know, looking looking to play games and such. So you know, it's nice to see a coach hold his stars accountable and, you know, and uh, yeah, especially in Columbus. Yeah, especially, in, especially in Columbus, where, you know, holding on to stars has been has always been an issue. So I on the bright side, at least you see that the coaching staff is taking things seriously. But like, yeah, like, especially with line a being out, like you need that offensive weapon. And if that if this is something that Goudreau kind of needs to kind of, I don't know. Yeah, get like a little kick in the ass there to kind of play better then hopefully it works out there but i don't i again like just that same flair and flash i haven't noticed a notice from him this year yeah i hope uh if pascal vason has to have a talking to with johnny gaudreau whether in person or over the phone it goes well mm. damn it no one no. took the phone joke damn it oh okay i was like i was like i was like oh damn it it did it did work it did work it's okay it's fine joke it's fine it's fine. It's okay. It's okay. Um, again, rolling through quickly here. Um, Andrew Mangiapane over the weekend suspended one game uh, for cross-checking Jared McCann in the back of the neck. Did you guys see the hit? Did you, well, yeah. the hit, the cross-check. Yeah. Uh, did you see the suspension? Is that fair? Is that just one game? That seems uh, low. Like, are they considering that his past precedent of not being a dirty player? Because that's like the dirtiest hit of the year. Like, he, Andrew Mangiapane has no history. Yeah, he has no history, so maybe that's like the precedent they're using. But like, if you're just eliminating precedent, like that's a four game suspension. I, it's he clearly had intent to injure. So I mean, I don't know what I didn't really get to see much of the post game of that. But like, he contends part- that he apparently to department to the Department of Player Safety, he contends that he did not mean to drive his head into the ice. Which There's no way that's the true. replay. <laughs> when you look There's at the no replay, I mean, because he beats him twice. If he'd only hit him once in the back of the I leg. Mean, I mean, the only real, I mean, the one hit was bad. He hits him once in the back of the leg where you're like, okay, I suppose if he was like, if he got the match penalty for that, then he would have more of a case. But on the second one, he clearly drives his face in the ice. I don't know. That's a, that's a surprisingly low suspension. I'm not trying to sound like the cops, but very strange. Arun ever sounding like a police officer. I don't know if I'd ever see the day of that coming. <laughs> no, that's, that's not something I'm anticipating. Uh, the only other thing we could get to, we don't need to spend too much longer on this. Uh, just a, another player coming forward in the um, unfortunate uh, uh, debacle with the Chicago Blackhawks in 2010. 
Uh, we know about Kyle Beach, uh, a black ace, a identified as a John Doe, uh, putting forward a lawsuit against the Blackhawks for the 2010 scandal at the hands of uh, the video coach Brad Aldrich. I mean, it, look, I'll I'll say this: there are a lot of people who, before this week, were looking at what happened in Ottawa, and they were they were saying, "Hey, they got all this punishment." Losing a first round pick, why is it this way in Chicago where they only lose mm-hmm. out on two million? While <laughs> I have time for understanding that the Chicago technically didn't break a league rule compared to what went on in Arizona or Ottawa or New Jersey or any of these other examples, I mean, it looks real bad, right? It still looks terrible. The fact that I, I mean, I think the punishment on Chicago ultimately was was very lenient. And yeah. and while Kyle Beach was the main was was this victim that was put at the forefront of all of this, we really did forget that there were other people implicated by by Brad Aldrich's actions. We could we really forgot about that when it came to discussing this story. And ultimately, because this black ace was mentioned in the initial uh, Jenner and Block report that ultimately led to the punishment being handed down. Don't hold your breath on on seeing any other uh, punishments or anything else to to come from that. But I, I I do think of the people who spent the last few days wondering why Chicago's punishment is the way that it is compared to some other teams who have done some other violations. And while there is a reason why it is what it is, I do think about those people, and I and I don't think they're wrong for for questioning why a two million dollar punishment for uh one of the one of the uh. Well, for original six franchise, that's 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 a one of the bread and butter franchises for this for for the NHL. Why they only get that as a punishment? I I'm not going to sit back and 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 hate on people questioning that. I guess that's my two cents on that topic. No, yeah, that. Oh, sorry, you go. Right. No, no. I mean, look. I mean, I think Julian, you said it. I just think the NHL doesn't operate from a human element when they when they dole out supplementary discipline. They really sort of look at it as a risk mitigation and sort of crisis PR. I'm sure they have a crisis PR firm. Um, so they're never even looking at it as uh, the, the, the human side of the horrors that that organization enabled. I think I'm no legal expert and we are missing our legal expert, but it may be a case of double jeopardy here, perhaps. And maybe that's why there's no sanction. But other than that, and again, I could be completely wrong legally, like there, there seems no reason why the Blackhawks shouldn't be um, seriously reprimanded beyond just a, a fine, right? Like, I feel slightly, like, uncomfortable with just the idea of, like, people making it about the prospects itself because it's sort of um, accidentally maybe, like, under underscores or, sorry, underlooks, like, the severity of the allegations levied against the Blackhawks a little bit if you just look at it from traffic capital, but... I do think the sanctions should be a lot tougher. And unless there's some sort of like legal precedent for double jeopardy, I can't see why the Blackhawks aren't being taken a test further for this. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that's going to do it for this edition of uh, the Zone Time Show. Uh, Arun, thank you so much for tapping in. Uh, for Sam, always great to have you on the show when we can have you. Uh, hopefully, when I am in town in Toronto this week, we can link up. Tic Tac Tobar. Yeah, I'm hoping that we get to do that too, man. Oh yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Then we can maybe we can scream about the Leafs in person. Oh, you believe it? Oh, I'm not. I'm not screaming about anything. <laughs> I could hear you scream the whole time. Uh, Avery, we spent that entire weekend in Edmonton. Uh, we probably won't have any more togetherness until next year. We'll Sorry, see. Never buddy. know. Never know. I... Oh, oh, well, you gonna make an appearance in Toronto? To be determined. We we shall see. 
Okay, we'll keep you all posted on how that Toronto hangout goes if it happens. Uh, in the meantime, uh, subscribe to the podcast, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and uh, consume the podcast. Share the clips just like we do on on Twitter. Man, we're trying to blow this podcast up. Yeah, uh, we'll uh, be back next week with a brand new episode of Zone Time. Peace. <laughs>